In 2022, more than 291 people paid a visit to New York State, a new record for the state, according to a report compiled by the Hochul administration, which estimated that visitors spent more than $78 billion, exceeding pre-pandemic levels. For more on the state of tourism in New York, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Mark Dorr, president of the New York State Hospitality and Tourism Association. Thanks for joining us in the studio, Mark. Thank you for having me. So according to the Hochul administration, direct visitor spending in 2022 was up 7% from 2019. Is that reflective of what you were seeing and hearing last year as you talked with uh, your members and collected data? Absolutely. It's right in line with what they have been telling us was going to happen. It's probably going to be another repeat next year. Mm -hmm. And really coming off of the pandemic, what happened in the industry was people were forced during the pandemic, I guess one of the good things that came out of it is forced to recognize and visit their own state that they live in. And they found things that they didn't know were there. They had great experiences. The hotel guests uh, were happy. Mm -hmm. And you know, they had great food and beverage, and they realized all the great that their state had to offer. So they just keep coming back year after year. So one of the trends we're seeing is a lot of this growth is from in-state visitors recognizing all the great that the state has to offer. Yeah, that term visitor is an industry term. And, and in this context, it includes New Yorkers who've traveled at least an hour from home for an overnight stay somewhere for whatever reason. It could be that, that attraction that they've just discovered, or it could also be, say, sporting events, a business, or, or even visiting family. In terms of the increased travel and spending, though, do we have a sense of what seems to be driving this in terms of regions? For example, New York City is often considered the tourism hub of the state, but is that necessarily where the growth is, or is the growth coming from these other maybe not traditionally thought of gems in New York? I think you're right. I mean, New York City drives a lot of mm -hmm. this, of course. But I think what happened was some of, again, the unexplored areas of the state, which includes camping, hiking, skiing, those types of things, they became more prevalent during the pandemic. And people sort of, you know, bought RVs, for example. And they said, oh, let's go camping because we can't go anywhere else. It's outdoors. They have now, you know, gotten seasonal sites at a lot of the campgrounds. That's what they do a lot in the summertime. They invite their friends to come visit them. When they're there, they're going out and seeing the museums and the restaurants and, uh, you know, the historical sites. So I think the re where, where a lot of the pickup has happened is in those regions where outdoors has become one of the big things that they're doing. So the Adirondacks, the Catskills, the Finger Lakes, they are driving more business than ever before based on people coming back and repeating their vacations there. So are there then losers, so to speak, in the situation? I know we heard from the state fair recently that their attendance was down compared to pre-pandemic levels. That could be considered maybe a crowded area. Is, is that type of activity not necessarily rebounding, something that is indoors or something that uh, has crowds of people? I will say in the, the, the economic impact of tourism, and this is going to be a little bit outside of where people think of hiking and camping and going on their summer vacation to a lake. The impact that we've been negatively feeling for a few years on the tourism side is the business traveler and the conventions and meetings. Gotcha. So, you know, people wound up working online a little bit more. They're like, oh, we don't have to have our meeting in person. They're starting to come back, but 
the the only negative part for our the tourism industry is really is in those meetings and conventions, which are down. So to to answer your question about there are any places where things are a little softer in some outside of New York City in some of the bigger cities, say along the thruway, that meetings and convention business, you know, your Buffalo's, your Syracuse, Rochester, all the way, that corridor has felt a decrease in tourism as far as meetings and conventions. And that factors into some of the long-term growth that's needed. So there needs to be a focus back on bringing in conventions to New York State. So that's really the only real soft spot that's talked about among our lodging members and our tourism folks. The report from the state notes that the cost of lodging is going up. Is that in response to economic trends with, say, inflation happening? Or is that in response to the state not necessarily having enough accommodations for all of the increased visitors that we're seeing? And so supply economics say the rooms cost more. It's both. It costs much more to run a hotel from everything from your your water bottle to uh, you know, the food that you serve if you have a restaurant on site. So all and of the personnel, I mean, probably cost and per- more. And yes, and workers coming out of the pandemic, uh, you know, they're paying employees much more. I mean, for just for example, a housekeeper in upstate New York is probably in the range of 23 to $25 an hour which is much different than pre-pandemic. And, you know, they're happy to have them. But you're right, the more they're paying employees to come in and do the job, that translates into a higher room rate. But also the economics of it are that with everything rising, they're also in some areas, the accommodations. So, for example, if you're going to Saratoga in the summer, those room rates go up all the way down into Albany. So, you know, that expands out. So when you look at the room rates going up, yes, there's there are more people traveling within New York State, more people spending money, more people are here. So the demand is higher so that then the average daily rate will be higher because they, they have a higher occupancy than they had sort of pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, um, they're about 3 or 4% statewide, even if you take New York City out of it, on occupancy. So if you figure 3, 4, 5% more, you can get a little bit more per room because you're, you're you have more people staying. You're more full. And those higher rates also translate to higher taxes. But right. that's not necessarily something that we see in terms of all lodgings. The report notes that $10 billion is generated in state and local tax revenue in 2022 from all, all these visits. But it seems like we're probably leaving some money on the table when it comes to short-term rentals, which have agreements in county by county to collect some taxes. What's your sense of how much more revenue the state and local governments could be bringing in if there was some sort of regulations for short-term rentals like Airbnb? Right. If we if you look at the $10 billion number for tourism, which is in this report, on short-term rentals alone outside of New York City, because short-term rentals are illegal there, we work with a company called All the Rooms. And when you look at the inventory that's out there in short-term rentals and you stack on top of that the state local occupancy taxes that are collected on hotel rooms you're looking at another billion dollars that's being left out it's a huge number because there are so many of those units out there some counties as you said have agreements where airbnb will say hey we owe you one hundred eight thousand dollars don't look at any of the inventory we have just trust us we're going to write you a check there are some counties that do that but what what our industry and the tourism industry statewide is trying to do is just get a level playing field where there's a registration process, not saying to anybody, 
don't do short-term rentals. The, one of the misconceptions is in the state, as we talked about before, there are some areas of the state that have great wine festivals, balloon festivals, music festivals, where for a hotel company, it doesn't make economic sense for them to say, okay, we're going to build a hotel there for two events a year. So there are parts of the state for the tourism industry that need short-term rentals. We're just hoping that the state could recognize that there's a lot of tax revenue left out there. There's a registration process. You collect sales, occupancy, taxes, both local and state, and everybody can still continue to rent out their homes or their rooms. It's just more organized on behalf of everybody. This is outside of New York, New York City to hopefully level the playing field. It also gives the municipalities an opportunity to know where the short-term rentals are so that they can then, you know, is it is it zoned for that? Can people do that? But right now there's no way of really knowing in any of the communities. Well, when you look ahead to the legislative session, is there any possibility that Albany considers some sort of regulatory framework or are, are the hurdles just too high as we've seen in the past? I think we've. I don't think the hurdles are too high, to, to really be honest with you. In the Senate last year, a bill sponsored by Senator Hinchy passed the Senate, which did exactly kind of what I just told you it would do. Uh, right now, we are working you know, diligently and day-to-day with the Assembly to try to get them in a comfortable situation so they understand the implications of if we do this. We'd really be the first state in the country to enact this. And politically, when you look at the possible budget deficit that we're looking at next year, this could be a good way to fill a really huge gap uh, in the, the, the sales tax. And the occupancy taxes also go to the local uh, counties that market and promote the regions, which again, they're marketing and promoting counties and regions and not getting that occupancy tax in to help them do that. So really the short-term rentals are getting free advertising uh, based on that. One important point I did want to make is in, in all of this data, statewide marketing and promotion is a great umbrella group that says, hey, come to New York State. This is all we have to offer. One of the things that people forget is the, the county and the regional marketing to the people that they know exactly who their core demographic is. So they're marketing better than ever to them. And also they're being able to remarket to the people to get them to come back a second time. So one of the other things, you know, politically we're looking at is some help with a matching grants program where if they put up $150,000 at the county level, the state matches it with $150,000. That's in the state budget every year, uh, about $3.5 million. We're hoping even in a, in a budget deficit year that we can bump that up just a little bit because that returns, as you can see from this report, the marketing and promotion returns great investment into the state. So we're trying to work on short-term rentals, but also get some more money for the regional county-level marketing. Well, we've been speaking with Mark Dorr. He is the president of the New York State Hospitality and Tourism Association. Mark, thanks so much for making the time and visiting us at the Capitol. Appreciate it. Anytime. Support for Capitol Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.